All right, Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Joined now by a longtime friend of mine, John Mishota, the uh, been covering the Dallas Cowboys for many years. Uh, used to be at the Dallas Morning News, now with the Athletic, and he's always um, he's always on the go out there. And uh, I, this is one of those quick turnarounds, both for the players, the writers, the media. Uh, everyone and John, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of interesting, isn't it, to be preparing for a team you might have thought was going to be, eh, and and all of a sudden they, they start to look like, um, uh, whoa, whoa, wait, maybe these maybe this is a team. That's what the NFL is like from year to year. You never know, but it looks like the Cowboys may have a pretty strong opponent. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It is a league of parity to a level that it. Well, everything you pointed out is correct. It, it's also the one that kind of makes me scratch my head on how this can be the most valuable sports franchise in the world, and you can go 26 years without getting back to a Super Bowl. So, yeah, the parity there is fantastic. That's what the league wants. Uh, but it also would make you think that this Cowboys organization should have uh, probably gotten at, at least back to a Super Bowl. I don't know if necessarily it won one. But um, I think the big thing, though, when you look at the Panthers is just kind of, you know, you don't want guys to get hurt, but it was kind of the breaks that the Cowboys have, have gotten. Now, they've obviously get lost some guys, but the fact they're not going to have J.C. Horn or, or Christian McCaffrey, I mean, that's that's a huge blow to that team. But um, I'm under, <laughs> it's weird because, like, in college, you, you kind of look at teams having, like, a hangover from a previous big game, and clearly that was a big game Monday night for the Cowboys. I'm kind of wondering if the old noon game at AT&T Stadium might be a little uh, one of those where they might have looked past it, but uh, we'll find yeah. out. Um, yeah. Well, if you need to study up on Matt Rule, I am kind of the Matt Rule whisperer, and I, I could even see an athletic piece just kind of based on what you would call a Matt Rule expert. And what, what about that? What do you do you think that might work this week? I, boy, I, I think people like Archer and Clarence would all be gathering around to read something like that. You know, I don't think it's I don't think it's the worst idea. Um, yeah, especially <laughs> and then even after the fact, if is if the Panthers, if the Panthers. <laughs> the Panthers win it's not a great idea <laughs> well hold on if the Panthers win though you don't think there's going to be some talk of like well maybe that was the guy that the Cowboys should have hired you know I mean it, obviously Matt Rule would have had interest if the Cowboys had interest but the Cowboys wanted to go with a proven head coach a guy that you know has, has, has won a Super Bowl and has, has been yeah. to multiple NFC championship games but then what what if all of a sudden you have uh, uh, Carolina Panthers team that looks great and is you know improves to four and zero. There's going to be a, there'll be a lot of chatter of well maybe they should have at least given Matt Rule a call. Yeah, well they wanted the Cowboys wanted the game manager that is Mike McCarthy. They needed <laughs> they needed someone who knew how to manage the clock in very tight spots. You know, it does seem like uh, we're kind of getting in a rhythm here where there's going to be at least one of these per game. You just kind of, if you're a Cowboys fan, you hope that it doesn't come in, in, a, in a big key moment that costs you a game. Um, but I, I don't know that it's that they wanted the game manager as much as they wanted the proven guy that, you know, will get them in the right game plan uh, and give them a better chance to win in January. And because his resume is what it is, I can see why they felt that way uh, for all the uh, – you know, head scratching uh, clock management. I will also say that there has been a a new kind of feel of being a little bit more aggressive over here than than we've seen in some previous years. And I th- I certainly think Mike McCarthy brings, even though he's not the one calling the defense, he's not calling the offense. I do think that his fingerprints are on them being a little bit more aggressive on both sides of the ball, whether that be uh, scoring points or taking the ball away. That you know, 
It just that has a, that, that's kind of something a little fresh around here around these parts. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. John Mashota with the Athletic covers this Cowboys team. Uh, I got to congratulate you, uh, Kellen Moore is just getting all sorts of praise, and I feel like you were very early to that party. And I think it's fair to say I was a little late to the Kellen Moore party. Um, and I think you like him kind of personally, but you also, uh, I think, have a lot of a great respect for his knowledge. And, and you were kind of on board uh, pretty early on. And, and you have this quote in a tweet you just put up from Stephen Jones saying of Kellen Moore, he deserves to be interviewed to be a head coach. He's not a well-kept secret anymore, has a great football mind. We just want to take advantage of him while he's here and get all the good we can. I mean, isn't it funny? I mean, th- the truth of the matter is, secretly, Stephen and Jerry might rather have this guy as the head coach than McCarthy, but in a sense, they, they're they a little bit stuck. It's almost kind of back to the Wade Phillips when he had, um, you know, they, they paid Jason a bunch of money to stay. It was like they had their heir apparent, but they couldn't really fire the, the guy they had in charge. Are they almost, could they return to a similar type spot here? I mean, I guess they could. I mean, it's the Cowboys, so it, it, it's it's certainly possible. Just if I think in somewhere in that, though, it wouldn't just be a pay raise. You'd have to have something in there uh, where Kellen felt comfortable that he would be their next ho- coach, head coach, whenever that is. Maybe it's in two years, maybe it's in five. But almost like how Jason turned down, uh, you know, he obviously interviewed with several other teams, but he knew he had an opportunity to be the Cowboys head coach in the future, so that kept him around. Um, but I think it's going to be tough for Kellen just because he's a young guy. And if you look across the league, uh, I think it was nine coaches I counted that are in the league right now that are 43 or younger that are these offensive minds. Now, not all of them are working out. You know, Adam Gase is – or not Adam Gase, sorry, Matt Nagy is one of them. And that clearly does not appear to be working out. And I'm not saying that everybody that went in this direction is just having Super Bowl success, but because of the Kyle Shanahan's, because of the Sean McVay's, the Kevin Stefanski's, the Matt LaFleur's, Guys like Kellen Moore are going to continue to get opportunities to be head coaches. Whether whether anybody wants to say it's going to work out or not, like it doesn't matter. It's what the NFL is interested in, and it is a very copycat league, and it, that is just such a trend. And so I think Kellen Moore, having the success he's had through these first three weeks, if he's doing this for the Detroit Lions, I think that he is going to have interest, let alone if he does it for the Dallas Cowboys. This is three weeks into this season. And I think it's and the reason I wrote that story today is because I think it's the biggest sports story in Dallas right now is his is about Kellen Moore and how long that they can keep him around. And we're only three weeks into this thing with Dak Prescott healthy with CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, when Michael Gallup gets back, what they have in Zeke and Pollard, like it's, it's only going to continue trending in this direction. And while you're doing this with the Dallas Cowboys, you know how it goes. It's not just here locally. It's what everybody's going to be talking about nationally, too. Like, what are they going to do about Kellen Moore? They can't afford to lose Kellen Moore. He's the key to this offense. So we're only in the beginning stages of this. It's only going to heat up as, as the better this offense plays as the season goes along. Could you name him co-head coach? <laughs> if it was college, if you're taking over for Bobby Bowden as head coach and waiting, yeah. But just the pros, you just don't do that. Yeah, I know. there's just got to be a way. And it usually doesn't work when you do that coaching waiting. They tried it a few years ago with Mac Brown, and the coach doesn't want to leave. You know, you can have a coach waiting all you want, but the, the current coach never really wants to step aside. Okay, tell me, John, what is this? Trevon Diggs. We saw him on uh, on on the HBO show uh, Hard Knocks. I got to know his son a little bit, and that was kind of fun. This guy seems to be 
big time. I'm seeing some old reports on him that maybe said he underperformed. And, of course, they always shoot holes in everybody. He's looking like the best cornerback from his class. Would have been that, what, 2020 class. Uh, what is this? Is he is he kind of, does he, like CD, for instance, has that assurance that, that kind of like, I'm not saying he's cocky, but there's just a, 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 I mean, he's very, very assured of himself. Micah Parsons may be a little goofier, but but he's obviously very confident. What is Diggs from your your short time around Diggs? What do you what do you what do you pick up on from this guy? Yeah, those are I like those two comparisons because those guys with, between CD and Micah do handle themselves a little bit different, even though they're both elite at what they do. But uh, I would say with Trayvon, he's a little bit more like CD, like a little bit more soft spoken uh, when he's talking to us. Um, but when he's on the field, he certainly is talking there, and his game has certainly backed it up. And those two guys go against each other all the time in practice. And so that's obviously helping, but it just, man, it's just been so long since you've seen a playmaking corner like that in Dallas. And so to see this guy get three interceptions in the first three games, and just the fact that, like you said, he, he is the best corner out of that class. You know, they're going to play the Panthers this week, and the Panthers just made that trade for C.J. Henderson, who went ninth overall in that draft class to the, to the Jaguars. Uh, Jeffrey Okuda, who's obviously from this uh, DFW area, gets drafted by the Lions as a top five pick. Trayvon Diggs has had a much better first year and a half than, than Jeffrey Okuda, and, and that was a top five pick. Everybody said that was a clear cut, you know, top corner in the draft, probably going to be another Jalen Ramsey type. And, and, and for Trayvon Diggs, now the Cowboys did consider Trayvon Diggs with their first round pick, but when CD was there, then everything changed. So they viewed him as a, as a first round type of talent. Uh, I have no clue how he fell all the way down to 51 i mean the, i'd understand it better if he came from you know liberty but like everybody everybody watches alabama whether you love college football or not like you're aware of what alabama does in their head coach who's probably the greatest college football ever his specialty is defensive backs i find it hard to believe anybody was calling nick saban and he was saying anything other than positive things about trayvon Diggs, and it seems like his word would carry a lot and so for him to fall to the second round I, I mean, you just start looking at it. between the three guys we just named, Micah Parsons, C.D. Lamb, Trayvon Diggs. I mean, those are three draft steals that the Cowboys have got. I would say so. In like the second and third round cornerbacks, we haven't really even seen yet. Uh, and we already have sort of declared this is an unbelievable class. And there are certain parts of this class. Odigizua, uh, Zua has, uh, man, he's done some really good things. Okay, John, I'm going to be respectful for once in my life of your time, uh, this is a hard stop I'm going to put on this, 3.52, to get you to your 4 o'clock, all right? And whoever you're meeting with, tell them Mosley said hey, okay? Like if it's Saad Youssef or somebody like that. I mean, my hey, God. Hey, it's Steve Dennis. It's your good buddy, Steve Dennis. Oh, man, Stevie D. Yeah, tell it. give him my best. I, I'm, if you had to get together with him, he's probably on the golf course somewhere. But uh, tell him I said hello, and, and uh, I will talk to you soon. I, I will do that. Thanks for having me on.